Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where from cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name, glory to His name, glory to His name, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name, I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within, there at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name, glory to his name, glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied, (coughs) his name. O precious fountain that saves from sin, I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. Come to the fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge in today and be made complete. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to His name. And let's turn over to page 130. Page 130. When I survey the cross, on which the Prince of Glory died. My richest gain I count but lost, and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbidden, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet? O oh, thorn 
Heaven's compulsory child crown Were the whole realm of nature mine <clears throat> That were a present far too small Love so amazing, so divine Demands my soul, my life, my own Now as we sing a song like that, were you, I don't know, were you paying close attention to those words? I mean, we, <clears throat> we talk about Jesus dying for us, but that last verse said, we're the whole realm. If you could own the whole world, that wouldn't be enough to get one drop of Jesus' blood, yet he offers salvation full and free to all who believe. 139, before we pray tonight, when I see the blood, 139... Christ our Redeemer died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. Sprinkle your soul with the blood of the Lamb, and I will pass, will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Chiefest of sinners, Jesus will save all he has promised that he will do. Wash in the fountain, open for sin, and I will pass, will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Judgment is coming, all will be there, each one receiving justly his due. Hide in the saving, sin-cleansing blood, and I will pass, will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you on that last. Oh, great compassion, oh, boundless love, oh, loving kindness, faithful and true. Find peace and shelter under the blood, and I will pass, will pass over you. When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you for your blessings upon us each day. And we ask now, Lord, that you would take this service and honor and glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Just a couple of things to uh, update you all on.
Um, one is we were finally able to get an updated uh, quotation on the um, building, I mean on the uh, soundproof partitions downstairs. And uh, you'll be happy to know that we have, depending on what options we have chosen, we have saved at least $1,700 and as much as about $5,000. And so our total right now is $31,288 uh, on the uh, quote. And so I, I told you if there was any changes, I would bring that to you. Um, I guess we probably ought to just have uh, a quick uh, 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 business meeting. Would someone like to make a motion to accept this? Um, it was some of the things the architect said. The curtains are going to be a little shorter, a different kind of curtain. Uh, we're not going to, the architect recommended that we do not go with the carpet even though it gave a little better sound rating. He said you don't want that. Uh, it'll be much harder to clean and it will pick up dirt much easier. Now, the salesman from the company told me exactly the opposite, but I think I'll trust the architect. Uh, he's built buildings and, and done this for years and years. And uh, so uh, that, uh, that will bring our, our quote down. And uh, we've shortened the length of the curtains by several feet and we've made the mounting work a little easier for the company. Uh, a lot more difficult for us. Brother Dave Trombettis was stopping by Wednesday afternoon. He saw us drilling holes and mountain steel and all that kind of fun stuff, but uh, uh, it is uh, well on its way. So um, I guess we need a motion, and then if there's any questions, okay, we got a motion from Pam. Uh, let me write that down. And uh, let's see here. And somebody want to second that? Uh, okay, Sandra, you got to be fast around here. And um, any questions on, on that? Um, you know, this is good news. The total I have on this quote was with several of the options was 35,845, and uh, this one is coming in at 31,288. And so that is a substantial savings. The only thing I, I know that may change is uh, once they come in and measure for the modular wall that comes across, uh, we may have to get a different type of, uh, of uh, what is it called here? automatic retractable floor seals. And we may have to replace those with manual floor seals due to inconsistencies, and that would probably be an extra 800 to to $1,000. But we won't know that until the guys bring in the laser tools and measure everything, and, and that will be actually a couple months down the road. So uh, any other questions? All in favor? Okay, we'll send the check out this week. And uh, we need to give them a deposit of about $11,000, something like just under $11,000. And uh, they want one-third down, and then the balance is upon delivery. So, um, And also, I'd like to ask you to pray for George Pendergast. He's been to the dentist this afternoon, said something about four cavities, and 
He's supposed to come over tomorrow morning and help finish welding up the steel. So would you pray for a speedy recovery? Uh, we don't want him uh, welding steel on Novocaine reminisces, all right? And uh, that could be dangerous. So pray for, pray for Brother George. He was rather nervous about that. And, uh, and uh, we are making some real progress downstairs. Also, um, Brother Monette has uh, uh, volunteered to come down and do all the taping uh, on the walls. If we have it ready, it'll be Monday the 27th through that March 3rd. Uh, he's hoping to get that whole room sealed up. And um, would uh, he, he's bringing, at, I think, at least... Uh, three other men with him and they're going to work for free all week, five days and uh, he was asking to for us to make reservations at the hotel and he was going to pay for his own hotel bill uh, couldn't, couldn't we chip in for that hotel bill so we'll just make those reservations and he won't I mean he's coming down, we couldn't hire somebody for that uh, the taping is very very expensive work, it's um, the guys that do that professionally are in the thirty to fifty dollars an hour range. It's it's a highly specialized work, and uh, the reason we don't hire so so you understand why we're not hiring a lot of contractors is if we hire somebody and they don't have workman's compensation insurance and we're paying them, then we have to take out a workman's compensation policy to cover them. And uh, the way it works with our insurance company is you have to put a deposit of uh, several thousand dollars just to start it, and then at the end of the year you get the money back that you don't spend, and it's a, it's a huge mess. Whereas if we get volunteer laborers, we don't do anything and they're covered under our regular building insurance and as much as we pay we ought to get something out of that and so uh, um, that it's just uh, 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 what do you call that you gotta play the paper game you gotta do things right and so we'll just take care of brother Monette's hotel room for him and not let him use his uh, credit card on that and uh, it will be uh, uh, I'll tell you, uh, I I love working, and most of you know I don't mind doing the extra work in the building. But I I hate taping sheetrock. I mean, there's just nothing I hate more than taping sheetrock. Uh, I'd rather be chained to my desk doing paperwork than tape than tape sheetrock. And so uh, uh, it is such an answer to prayer. And uh, Brother Ted and Franz have been up to Brother Monette's church. He did all the taping up there, and I mean, it is, it's, it is immaculate. It is beautiful. He does really good work. So um, that's where we are. We just need your prayers, if you would, uh, on this, and we're going to keep moving forward. We've got some other people we're going to get online, hopefully, to help us. Uh, in the month of March, as or toward the end of March, 1st of April, as we put up the new ceiling. And uh, once we get that done, uh, things will move rather quickly. And, of course, remember, once it's all finished... Oh, here's the other thing. Uh, Brother Shaw 
contacted his uncle who works at Milliken, which is the company that makes the same floor tiles that are downstairs in the basement now. And uh, he said he could get us carpet, that same style carpet, for $8 a square yard. Now, what that means is uh, for about $3,000, we can buy the carpeting for the entire basement. And... Uh, what would normally cost us between ten and twelve thousand dollars. That's what kind of a discount it is. Um, I, I guess we might as well get a resolution to proceed with getting the carpet. Does that sound okay? Okay, Brother Ted. Okay, well, I made the first and uh, okay, Brother Dave made the second. There we go. Okay, this is the curtain. And uh, any questions about that? We'll work out colors and things once we get to the point to where we can do that. But uh, uh, we're probably going to stick with some real simple, neutral type colors. And uh, Brother Shaw said he's going to research to find out what color doesn't show dirt. Now I told him if he finds that color, I want to know about it because I. Uh, I don't, I've been told time and time again, oh, this won't show the dirt. And every time they tell me that, it shows it worse than the time before. So uh, I'm, I'm going to let somebody else do that research for us there. And uh, if he can find us a color that doesn't show dirt, we'll put it down if it's green, all right? Uh, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll pursue that all in favor of doing that. Uh, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Whatever. Okay. So... Any opposed? I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. Okay. And so we'll, we'll keep moving. That, those two are incredible answers to prayer. In fact, we've actually chopped more money off of the modular wall quotes than, uh, than we'll need to purchase the carpet for downstairs. That's pretty cool. I like that. And uh, so we'll just uh, keep all that in prayer hate to burden you with all that on Thursday night, but uh, we we need to keep moving here and and uh, get this company here because it's going to take them two to three weeks to get the guys out to put the ceiling in, and we can't put our ceiling in until they've put their track in. And uh, Do I need to keep explaining that to everybody? Uh, just as long as we keep moving, the pieces are starting to fall in place, and it's actually looking like this project might be getting uh, might be done before Christmas, amen. And uh, uh, actually, I'm I'm hoping to have most of about 90% of our work done before Heartland graduation in May. And uh, so that's that's kind of the goal we're working toward, and it, it's looking uh, like it might might actually happen. And so let's uh, pray about that. 187. And let's sing Amazing Grace. And then we'll get into our Bible study tonight. Amazing Grace. We'll sing the first, second, third, and the last. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now am found Was blind But now I see 
T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. On that last, sing it out. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright shining as a sun, we've no less day to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Amen. You may be seated. And Peter, can I ask you to do me a favor? Will you please put these on my desk and get my mints and bring them in? And let's take our Bibles and open to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 28 and 29. I'll tell you, I've been looking forward to this lesson tonight. And uh, I'll ask for you to pray for me. My mind is heading in about 4,000 directions at the same time, it seems. And uh, because there are just so many things that we could deal with on this subject here. The high priest. And uh, just want to kind of overview this thing. The high priest in the Old Testament tabernacle is a direct correlation or a direct picture of Jesus Christ. The, there were certain things that only the high priest could do. And we're going to get into a little overlap here if we're able to cover everything on the outline. And I know it doesn't look like much, but uh, uh, we are... Uh, I could spend almost a whole night on each point on this outline. I'm going to try not to do that. Uh, because uh, it, it's just the beautiful picture here. I mean, you talk about God's picture album. I don't know how many of you... Uh, I, I like picture books, uh, not because I'm just childish, amen? But uh, I, I like picture books. I, uh, I've got some neat books my wife has bought me over the years. Uh, one is uh, pictures of... F-18s and the other one's a picture of F-15s and, and and I like those things. I just like looking at the pictures. Uh, I can sit down and, and look at that. I've got a picture book of New York City and uh, and it's really a nice picture book. I mean, some of those picture books you would think that uh, they were trying to advertise how mean and rotten and dirty down low New York City is because it's just got pictures of garbage and graffiti and all of these things, but I've got a really nice picture book. I got it for almost nothing uh, of New York City, and it just goes the whole way from the Battery uh, up to uh, Grant's Tomb, Morningside Height. I love pictures because if you'll sit there and you'll look at the picture, it's the next best thing to be in there. Now, there are some places we can't go. 
I mean, I would, I would love to be able to stand on the flight deck of an aircraft carrier and watch an F-18 take off. Uh, on our way to uh, Oklahoma City the last time, the three of us were standing here, St. Louis, I think, St. Louis Airport, and they had a squadron of F-15s taken off. Now, I'll tell you, that was... And the, the second squadron took off in full afterburn. I mean, that plane just went from zero to disappear in nothing flat. And, uh, uh, I mean, that was exciting to us. Uh, but the next best thing, uh, I'll tell you, I was running through the, picture, the pictures in my book back there as I was watching these planes take off and thinking about things. And, and that's what God has done with the Old Testament. You and I, we can't go into heaven and see what God did to give us our salvation. It's not possible. We weren't allowed in there until after Jesus did the work. And so what God has done is He's painted these pictures for us so that we can see. And uh, sometimes as I think about it, I wish we could draw some... I wish I could somehow take the pictures that are in my mind and paint them for you on the screen or make some type of uh, a video presentation. But, you know, the human mind does a whole lot better than anything we can do physically. Uh, no matter how good the picture is, the human mind paints it better. And that's one of the problems. If you remember back, I think it was two years ago now, they had that movie, The Passion of the Christ. And one of the greatest problems with that movie is with all of the gore and the uh, just the violence and things, it would burn into your mind and heart what you saw and experienced watching that movie and it would pervert your ability to read the Scriptures and see what's really in the Scriptures. And that's why we, we do not want to allow physical things to captivate and fill our minds because that's all the farther we're going to go. What, what my hope is and what my goal is for you is to give you some things as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to meditate upon, to think on, to go over and over again in your mind and in your heart and pray that God will give you a deeper and, and a more beautiful understanding of what's in the Scriptures. I've been going through these passages Oh my, I mean, I, I think I found my first love for the tabernacle and these things that are in here while I was a student in Bible college. And in just a few months, it will be 20 years since I've graduated Bible college. And, and I've been going over these things, and every time I go over them, there's something new and something beautiful. And yet I fear if I were able to somehow paint a picture book or give you a physical representation, it would stunt your ability to do that very thing. Because we are so easily absorbed with what we can see and what we can touch, and we can say, ah, this must be the way it was. And uh, that's simply not always the case. We do not know as much as we think we know. Amen? And no matter how much time, how many times you go over these passages, 
uh, I want you to, to realize that there is this thing called meditation that you need to do. Now, meditation in and of itself is not a bad word. It's what you meditate on. Now, if you're going to sit there and, and meditate on your yoga positions and your pilates or whatever they call those things, uh, you know, I've heard that thing pronounced pilates and pilots and and uh, I don't care how you pronounce it, it's sin, my friend. Don't get into that stuff. What it is, is making your body an antenna for receiving signals from the nether world. That's what that whole thing is all about. And that's why they tell you to relax your mind and think about nothing is because that is the number one way that you open yourself for demonic possession, oppression, and suggestion. And it's all out there. Stay away from it. You say, well, I was involved in that and it never bothered me. Well, you've been warned now. God's protected you in the past. Don't get into that stuff. It, it, comes, from, it comes from the Hindu and the Eastern religions. And they meditate. I met a guy one time. He told me, I meditate on nothing. He said, do you know how hard it is to think about nothing? And I wanted to tell him, well, after taking a look at you, it doesn't look like it's that hard. But I didn't do that. I wanted to, but uh, that's not really going to help the situation. But he, he looked like he could have used something. Um, but instead, he had a bunch of nothing. Amen? You meditate on God's Word, and it will change your life. It is the only healing for the mind. We've all been exposed to things that we should not see and hear and be exposed to. I wish we could somehow insulate ourselves from the filth and the trash that's in this world. Can't do it. But if you want to heal your mind, you get thinking about these things and meditating on them. Meditation, the best example I can give you of meditation is the cow chewing the cud. Cow has four separate bellies. And he eats, it goes into one, and it sits there and does whatever it does. And then he burps it up and chews it again. That's where that cud comes from. It doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside. And he goes through that process and how that cow regulates which belly it's coming out of and which one it's going into, something that God did. But I'll tell you, it didn't happen by chance, amen. And uh, that, that cow brings it up and goes over it again. And that's how you get white milk out of green grass, amen. You get all that cholesterol. I mean, cows eat grass. How do you get all that fat out of grass? I don't know, but I sure like it. And somebody told me one time, said, that dairy stuff, it'll kill you. It's deadly. It's awful. I said, there's only one problem with that. He said, what's that? I said, it tastes so good. And uh, he was rather disgusted that I wasn't taking all of his points. But uh, I think God developed a good thing there, and I'm going to get as much of it as I can until the doctor tells me no. Amen. And uh, yes, there we go. And so, as we look through these things, I, I want you to get a hold of this picture of feasting on the things of God's Word, and it doesn't come the first time through. 
it may take 20 times through to get it. But that's okay. You're not slow. I couldn't tell you how many times. Actually, I made a mistake. It wasn't in Bible college. It was while I was a student in high school. We, we went to this thing called the Old Testament Tabernacle in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I saw some things there. And I said, man, what I saw looked awful fake. It's got to be better in the Bible. And, and um, begin studying the things that were in the Bible, even even in high school. So it's, I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've been through this stuff over the years. And, you've, and if I seem excited, it's just because I am. Uh, I love this. I love the picture of the high priest. Uh, I love what Jesus has done for us. And the first thing I want you to notice here is we go to verse 1 of Exodus chapter 28. It says, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with them from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithmar, Aaron's sons. Now that's the first thing we notice about the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, was you had to be in the right family. Only Aaron and his sons. Aaron only was a high priest. There's only one high priest. Now, the Jews had some traditions, and they added to that, and they had a, a lot of things going here, and that's why we see that in the day of Jesus, we had actually two high priests. We had an acting high priest, which was Caiaphas, and his father-in-law, Ananias, which was and, and they kind of just took turns being the high priest, and it was all a traditional thing. In the Bible, there was only one high priest. There was only supposed to be one high priest. Now, the idea of the priest, and, and this is the definition of any person who uses the title priest, is someone who stands between others and God. It is a person who has direct access to God. That's the definition of a priest. That's why in the Baptist church, there are no priests per se. Uh, I do not uh, call myself a priest because I have access to God for me. You have access to God for you. We are all, every believer in essence is a priest, but there's only one high priest, and that is Jesus Christ. And you do not become the high priest all by yourself. When we get to the book of Hebrews, we'll look at Hebrews chapter 5. And, and In fact, let's just take, keep your finger in, in Exodus. Just, let's just go there and, and look at that verse. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 5. And uh, hang on just a second here. Yes, there it is. Hebrews 5, 4. It says, And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. There is a specific calling to the high priest. God is the one that chose Aaron. Now, Aaron was a human being. 
Aaron had some problems, as we well know. The issue of the golden calf and, and uh, many other things down through uh, the years. But I want us to look at the garments of the high priest for just a moment. And sometimes you wonder why all of these details are here and we get lost reading the book of Exodus sometimes. It'll be, you know, we say, And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted whom I am filled, verse 3 of Exodus chapter 28, whom I am filled with the spirit of wisdom that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make. And we go down and it goes the whole way through verse 29, just describing the garments of the high priest. And I'll tell you, it's easy to get lost just reading all of those details of fine twine linen and this stone and this stone. I want us just to pick up a few highlights here. Verse 12, it says, And thou shalt put two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial, unto the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Now they took two chunks of onyx, two onyx uh, um, and put them on each shoulder, and in that onyx stone was graven the names of six tribes in this shoulder and six tribes in this shoulder and of, of Aaron's garment. And it said that he would bear on his shoulders the names of the children of Israel as a memorial before the Lord. Now, there's a couple of neat things. One is the shoulders are always a picture of the bearing of burdens. Amen? I mean, when Brother Shaw and I were carrying in the steel for the doors downstairs... Uh, one ten-foot piece of steel weighed about 80 pounds, and and uh, we would put it up on our shoulders. It's just easier to carry it that way. We are talking about the strength and the bearing of the burden. Is not Jesus Christ the bearer of our burdens? Amen. He is the one who carries us when we cannot carry ourselves. And those names were graven they were cut into that stone and they were held there. And it is a picture of the permanence and the desire. It says, as a memorial. Did God need to be reminded of who the children of Israel were? Absolutely not. But we need to be reminded that God is always bearing us and carrying us and caring about us. He's not going to forget us, amen? But the priest also carried those names somewhere else. Look at down verse 29. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart when he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord. Not only was he to carry the names on the shoulders. If you'll remember, the breastplate of the high priest was just a little uh, square. It was doubled over. It was made like into a, almost a, a hanging envelope 
on his garment and on the front of that was 12 precious stones and it gives the the list of those those stones um, in verses 17 it says and thou shalt set in it settings of stones even four rows of stones the first row shall be a sardis a topaz and a carbuncle shall this shall be the first row and the second row shall be an emerald a sapphire and a diamond in the third row a leaguer an agate and an amethyst and the fourth row a barrel and an onyx and a jasper and they shall be set in gold in their enclosings and the stone shall be with the names of the children of Israel twelve according to their names like the gravings of a signet every one with his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes now you're talking something of absolutely unbelievable value here just physically speaking and uh, I mean when we think of of precious jewels we think of those little things that you have to have the magnifying glass to look at in the jeweler store uh, that's not what was on the breastplate I mean you're talking stones I mean 80 or 100 carat could you imagine a diamond that big I mean they have them out there they're like in the crown jewels of the Queen of England uh, that's the kind of place that you will find precious stones of this size and these these quality and and yet the priest high priest wore them every day they were a symbol they were a picture of how precious and how valuable we are to the Lord and that was to be carried upon the heart of the high priest every day as he had the consecrating oil upon him as he was serving if he was serving in the place of the high priest he would be wearing this garment and the breastplate and you'll notice that the breastplate is called the breastplate of what does anybody remember of judgment we forget how precious God's judgment should be to you and I. It's the only way we can tell the difference between right and wrong. Do you know that sin will kill you? That sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It is God's judgment that protects us from death. It is God's judgment that allowed Jesus Christ to atone uh, and to redeem us, to pay the price for our sins. Now inside, look at verse 30, And thou shalt put in the breastplate of the judgment, the Urim and the Thummim, that they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. And uh, this idea of the Urim and the Thummim is... God's direction. We have no idea what these things look like. Now, if you're Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon cult, he said that the Urim and the Thummim were a pair of glasses that he could put on and read the golden tablets that the angel Moron, I mean Moroni, gave to him uh, because that's how silly the stuff in those tablets is. You'd have to be something uh, deficit up here to believe 
all of the things that are in that book, and not a one of those things has ever been verified historically, archaeologically, or in any way. In fact, Joseph Smith was put on trial, and, uh, and he was denounced publicly as a fraud and an imposter, a liar, and he was literally expelled from the area of Palmyra, New York, where they all began as a fake and a fraud. And that's why they moved, because could you imagine if they printed in the newspapers all over that they put uh, Open Door Bible Baptist Church on trial and found us a total fraud? Would anybody show up? Absolutely not. Now, they can't do that because we believe the Bible and the Bible's not a fraud. Amen? We got a little bit of protection. Uh, but the stuff that Joseph Smith found, he's the only man in the world smart enough to find it, which the Bible tells us makes you pretty dumb. Amen? It just really does. And so, this Urim and Thummim, we can go through the Bible and we can find out what it was used for when you find David talking about how he inquired of the Lord, that was part of this Urim and Thummim that was in the breastplate. There was some way that you could literally just simply ask God a question. Now, there's a lot of people that have come up with all kinds of ideas. My favorite one is that the precious stones on the breastplate, you would ask it a question and they would begin to light up with the different names of the children of Israel and spell out the words that was the answer. Now, I think that's pretty cool. That takes some real imagination to do something like that, but um, I'm not quite sure that there's much of a foundation in that. It's, it's pretty interesting to think about, but here's the truth of the matter. God made sure that no one knows what these things are so we can't make them ourselves and try somehow to use them to get revelation from God because God's revelation only comes from God and His direction is in His high priest, which is Jesus Christ. And you're not going to get that direction anywhere else and you can't make it for yourself and you can't copy it and you can't imitate it. The only person that's going to get away with imitating it, and that's not going to last very long, is the Antichrist. He's going to give new direction. He's going to imitate Jesus Christ. There's people that are going to follow him and worship him as if he were Jesus Christ. But that was the high priest. Now, God was pretty serious about this high priest thing. Look with me in Numbers chapter 16. In Numbers chapter 16, we actually start a rebellion. And uh, these, these men got up and they said that... Uh, look at verse 1. It says, Now Korah the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Datham and Abira, the sons of Eliab, and On of the son, uh, the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Now be careful. 
That is one of the greatest tools that the devil uses. It's called intimidation. Whenever you have the big shots show up, just make sure your eyes are on the Lord, not on the big shots. Amen? You'll always get into trouble when you put your eyes on men and take them off God. Now, let's make the story short here. Uh, we don't have time to go through this whole thing. But these men sought, and these other these sons of Kohath were not the priestly line. And they decided that they were just as good as Aaron was. They were just as good as his sons and their family. They were all Levites after a while, uh, after... Uh, you sit there and think about it. So what's the difference between one Levite and another? And Moses said, here, we'll, show, we'll give you proof tomorrow. We'll let you offer incense before the Lord. And he gave them brazen censers. That was something that held the coals. And he gave them incense. And these men stood before the Lord. Look at verse 35. It says... And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, that he may take up the censers out of the burning and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. The censers of these sinners against their own souls, let them make... Let them make them broad plates for a covering of the altar. For they offered them before the Lord, therefore they are hallowed. And they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eleazar the priest took the brazen censers where with they that were burnt had offered. And they, made, and they were made into broad plates for a covering of the altar to be a memorial unto the children of Israel that no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and as his company, as the Lord said to him by the hand of Moses. Now what they did was they took these, these censers, they were just a holder of coals, and they molded them together into thin plates, and they apparently wrote the story of Korah and mounted these plates on the brazen altar so that when anyone came near to the brazen altar they would be able to read the warnings that were there and know they had no business stepping into the office of the priest. Now let me be very plain in our last few minutes here as we're, going, we're not going to get into the Day of Atonement tonight that's for sure. But we have churches today that believe that they have the ability as a church to re-offer the sacrifice of Jesus Christ physically when they conduct their service called the Mass. But here's the thing that's probably the most blasphemous of this entire thing called the Mass. And most Catholics and uh, uh, Episcopals and Orthodox have very little understanding of what the Mass really is. Most of them do not know. You see, 
The church claims to have the power to re-crucify Jesus Christ. But you, by eating those, offer them again, Jesus Christ, freshly beaten, freshly crucified, freshly bloodshed, by your partaking, you offer Jesus again to God to pay for the sins that you just got done confessing to the priest at confession. Now, if that is not a direct reenactment of Numbers chapter 16, I don't know what is, as they take every person that comes in there and make them, in essence, a priest to re-offer Jesus Christ over and over and over and over and over again to pay for your sins when Jesus says that He did that once in the end of the world in the book of Hebrews hath He appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. It's hard to imagine the audacity that tradition has taken over the years as these people put themselves in the very place of God and pretend that somehow they can recreate what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Not just once, but many times every day. You see, that's why we have no crucifixes in the Bible-believing churches. Because Jesus died once. The shame He suffered was once. The death He suffered was once. The blood He shed was one time. Because He solved the sin problem. Only the high priest could do this. As we see these other people, they just wanted to become a regular priest. And God burnt up 250 of them. I, I mean, you just... I don't want to make a picture of that. But you think about the, the violence and, and just the suddenness of that thing as these 250 men began to sprinkle the incense on those censers and lift them up to the Lord in their pride and arrogance and rebellion. And all of a sudden this huge fireball shoots out of the door of the tabernacle and burns them completely to where there's nothing but ashes on the ground and those censers in the ashes. God wasn't playing around, my friend. He is serious about the priesthood. Don't you dare step into the place that God has ordained for himself. That's the picture of the high priest. Part of it. I guess we'll try to finish the rest of it next week. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these wonderful things in your word. And yet, Lord, we see them so so harsh sometimes. And, and Lord, the judgment was quick and, and fiery and all-consuming. Yet, Lord, we see your great love for your own holiness. Lord, the fact that you're willing to bear the children of Israel upon your shoulders and upon your heart. 
And Lord, we as the wild olive branch, the wild tree, having grown up without the benefit of your word, we have no lineage to Abraham, the one that you chose. But yet, Lord, you've grafted us in because of your great love for us. We ask that you would allow us to meditate upon that great love, to understand just a little more the care that you have for us. We often forget you as we contemplate these things and have them in our minds and in our hearts and worry about things that are going on around us. You never forget us. You are always caring and bearing us. Lord, we pray that we would rest in you as our high priest. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we say amen, just want to give you a moment. Maybe you need to finish that prayer on your own at, a, at the altar up front. And if you do, we encourage you to step out right now as... We take just a few moments these have come others can come we want to invite you let's do business with the Lord tonight <laughs>